It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, an Odyssey original podcast talking all things Las Vegas Raiders. Subscribe if you haven't done so wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. Hello to you out there listening, and also hello to our YouTube audience who's watching and commenting in the corner over there on the chat, talking about how devastatingly handsome this team of men talking about the Raiders is. <laughs> yes. But only one of us is single, and that is Mo, and he is open for inquiries. All right, we're back. We're talking football, and uh, we're not doing dating on the show, but here we are. Mo, I want to jump into the most maligned unit on this, and it wasn't the defense, no. The most maligned unit on this team, including from me and you, that is the offensive line, at least one side of it. We made fun of... And mocked Josh McDaniels from the training camp period when he said, we're deep at offensive line. We feel good about where we're at. And then we saw the disaster that was the right side of the offensive line. And even Colton Miller wasn't playing as well as he has in the past. Suddenly, in this three, and yes, winning does cure all. But inside the winning cures all is the fact that the offensive line is playing consistently better they're protecting Derek Carr, no sacks against the Chargers. They're producing the leading rusher in the NFL. They're they're opening up the holes up front for Josh Jacobs to run through. What the hell is going on, Mo? One, I think continuity is good. And I've talked about I talked about this on previous shows. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels has given up on the right tackle rotation. Finally. <laughs> I believe since week 10, he hasn't <laughs> rotated his right tackles between uh Jermaine Luminar and Thayer Mumford Jr. Aside from Colton Miller being out in week eleven, I believe, against the Denver Broncos, and Luminar had to shift over to left tackle out of necessity, and Thayer Mumford playing a right tackle, of course, had to do that because of injury, but with all players healthy on the long net offensive line, he has given up on that rotation. The top seven guys is now, again, the top five, your best five. I think that absolutely helps. Uh, I think being on the field consistently and not having to rotate in and out helps, your, especially your right tackle position. So that's number one. Uh, Dylan Parham has his moments where he'll let, you know allow some pressures or hurries or quarterback hits, but he's coming along. He's a rookie. Give him some time. Uh, I, I think as a unit, they're gelling. Just a quick note from a schematic uh, standpoint. I don't like to get too deep into some schematics because people don't delve that deep into this. But last year, the Raiders had mostly a gap run zone scheme. This mm-hmm. year, they're running a lot of man. Then I didn't even, they mix. They do run a mix of man and zone run schemes. But mostly, for the most part, it's man on man. And I think... The switch in philosophy has helped a lot of those players from the previous regime play a lot better. They fit in that system. And I think that's another reason why Ziegler and McDaniels didn't weren't quick to dump a lot of these guys because they felt like maybe if we put them in a man's a mostly man's own run scheme, maybe they'll perform a lot better. And they have to their credit. Now, again, they mix, so they've been doing both, but with mostly man, mm-hmm. this line has shown vast improvement, especially in the run game. 
Yeah, no question. And and I I've been pleasantly surprised by pass protection. I mean, the pass protection against the Chargers. Now I know the Chargers again missing key people up front. I understand that, but uh, the last three games too, they've played really well. The pass blocking has been better. Uh, you look at the PFF grades. Yeah, they're not lighting the world on fire, but they've significantly improved. And that's what I said a couple of weeks ago when you were out, buddy. Was when these Raider fans were all ready to scorch the earth and 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 fire everybody, including the guy who fills the Coke machine at the facility. Um, was just find positives and see if they can build positive momentum, whether they make the playoffs or not. And certainly we're seeing that. Let me ask you this, though. What you're seeing out of this offensive line, five games left. So, again, there's a lot of football to be played still. But with five games left and what you're seeing out of Mumford and Illuminor on the right side, does this at all change the need structure, what this team may do in the offseason around the offensive line if this team, if these guys on the right side continue to play like they are? In short answer, no. Let's not get carried away here. Carried away here. The Raiders' <laughs> offensive line is, is exceeding expectations, but I am yeah, yeah. not I am not comfortable to say they're set at other positions other than left tackle with Colton Miller. I would say each guy, none of those guys, none of the other four stars are a lock. Maybe Dylan Parham because they drafted him this year. And they're gonna continue to probably let him grow grow at one of the guard positions. Maybe he shifts over to center if they move on from Andre James. I would mm-hmm. say he's I would say he's a lock, but I would say he's more likely gonna be a starter next year. But the other three spots, still up for grabs. Jermaine Luminar is not a long-term starter at the position. Uh let's not get that twisted. Alex Barr is not a long-term answer at Your the guy. position. Let's let's not let's not get too carried away. Is, right. is it performing better than we thought? Yes. Are they all starters? Absolutely not. Other than no. Colton Miller and, and maybe Dylan Parham, who, again, who they drafted, who I think they expect to be a starter down the line, the other three spots should be up for grabs and the Raiders should look to upgrade at those positions. And as solid as Munford has been, I still think, too, that he is a rotational guy, a backup yeah. uh, in yes. this league. Now, that could change a couple of years. Maybe he develops into a starter. Who knows? But as of right now, what I've seen, Mo, I don't see him being a starter for the Raiders uh, in the next year or two. And a quick note, too, along with the offensive line progression, also you got to give credit to Jakob Johnson and Mac Hollins. Oh, huge. On Josh Jacobs' first touchdown run, you could see, I think Adam Archuleta pointed out during the broadcast, you could see Jakob Johnson still on the inside. You could see Mac Hollins on the outside, combination block. A lot of people don't see those types of plays, and you know they don't get a tick yeah. in the box score. But along with that offensive line, it's all coming together because I know some people probably roll their eyes when Josh McDaniel says, it's not just one guy blocking. It's a whole unit that has to work together for everything to work. It's true. It's, it, it's true. And you see it yeah. on some of these touchdown runs that it takes the fullback doing his job, the, the outside wide receiver getting his block on the outside, the guard pulling, the center pulling. It takes a unit, everyone pulling in the same direction to be on the same page to get these plays to spring a guy like Josh Jacobs for 100-plus yards. Yeah, and and it's uh, absolutely, and I think Jakob Johnson, uh, listen, he's like having another offensive lineman out there. And you're right, because a lot of the times he's blocking and and, and springing uh, Josh Jacobs open in that field as he gets through the line. And you don't see it because he's usually going to be on the ground or he's hitting somebody right, <laughs> right in the melee that is a snap on a short yarded situation or a run between uh, the tackles. So so absolutely a huge deal. So let's let's... Let's move around a little bit on the offense, and then we'll finish out with talking about Coach McDaniels. Uh, but Devontae Adams, I mean, look what Devontae Adams is doing. Uh, there's no, yes, Mac Hollins doing yeoman's work, doing a good job. 
uh, being the other wide receiver right now. Uh, but at the same time, Devontae Adams kind of out there alone. So he's dealing with what he's dealing with. And this guy just continues to impress. Again, not the fastest guy, but Mo. when you look at even the catch that was overturned, one of the best catches I've seen all season long with one hand on the sideline, I think Raider fans, as much as they did appreciate the Raiders going out and trading for this guy and what he means, watching him week in, week out, it's easy to see why so many think of him as one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL. I saw a poll last week, and a lot of people were saying, who's the best wide receiver? And it was uh, Justin Jefferson's getting all the pull now, and Tyreek yeah. Hill is getting a lot of buzz. And I was like, did, did Devontae Adams move to, to Africa? <laughs> is, he, is he on another planet? Because oh. just because the Raiders are struggling doesn't mean Devontae Adams isn't awesome. Devontae yeah. Adams wasn't even mentioned. It was all Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. I'm like, wait a minute here. Are we not seeing what Devontae Adams is doing? Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, we and we talked about this subject. Is our Devontae Adams numbers going to tail off because he went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr? And right now he leads the NFL in touchdowns with 12. And what did I say? You probably don't remember. But what did I say on a on a on an offseason show? I said you his said. receiving numbers may t- taper off because he has to share with De- uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Now he hasn't had to do that, so of course his numbers are up because those two guys are on the field. So that makes sense. Right. But right. I said that his touchdown numbers. I said that he will help the Raiders in the red zone. He will. He if the Raiders need a touchdown, he's the guy to look for. His touchdown numbers are going to stay consistent. He's going to be about 14, 15 touchdowns by the end of the season. He may elapse that. He may get 18 again. Yeah. I think he had 18 two years ago, led the league with that number. He could match or maybe surpass that number depending on how if the Raiders have to be in some shootouts, if their defense starts to taper off again and they have to score 35, 40 points. He may get 20. Who knows? But he has 12 right now and leaves the league. And he's just, he's still awesome. So if you're putting polls out there for best wide receiver, <laughs> do not forget to put Devontae Adams on the list. I know the Dolphins are a playoff team. I know the Vikings are doing great. They're a playoff team and the Raiders aren't there yet. But Devontae Adams is still the best wide receiver in the league. Okay. Just putting that out there. And I'll tell you what, contested balls. Holy moly, Mo. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me. I said this today on another show when I did an interview talking about the Raiders. I said, it's almost like those big, it's almost like Darren Waller, big tight ends when they go up against these smaller cornerbacks and they're able to just, all you got to do is put the ball near their hands and they're going to go up and get it because they're just so much bigger and, 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 and stronger than the cornerback. Devonta Adams is like that as a wide receiver. I really, I, I, it's, it's remarkable watching it. I didn't appreciate it as much and on this run. You've seen it a lot with the lack of weapons that the Raiders have had because of injury, it goes to show you how valuable he was. And yes, in green Bay, he was the only, he was the only weapon that Aaron Rodgers really had. And you can see why they can win with, they could win with that at the time because he's that dominating. And I think again, combination of not being on a winning team at the current moment and then kind of going about it quietly because he's not Tyreek Hill where you watch him and it looks like it's a, a pinball and a pinball machine, bing, 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 right? He just goes out there and does it uh, and is so dominant. And I'll tell you the other thing too, the smarts on this guy. If you watch him in his route running and when he when he moves and when he cuts, it's remarkable. I think he's so smart of, of recognizing the defense, seeing and assessing the player at the, at the line of scrimmage. And that's something that even Justin Jefferson, as much talent as he has, comes nowhere close. 
Right, and I think that just comes with the experience. Now, Devontae Adams has been around a lot longer than Justin Jefferson. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. Any Vikings fans who happen to be watching this, Justin Jefferson is <laughs> going to be great. I actually predict that he's going to be Offensive Player of the Year this year, and I look pretty good in that prediction right now. But when you talk about longevity, sustainability, and what a, 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 a wide receiver has done with his body of work and what he's doing right now, Devontae Adams is still number one. Now, I was I was out during these shows, but I did I do remember a Devontae Adams quote, not a quote, but he said something along the lines of, if you're not going to throw me the ball in double coverage, what am I here for, basically? <laughs> he did. And a, and a lot of people took that as a criticism of Derek Carr because Derek Carr is the guy that has to throw in the football. Could be Josh you know, McDaniel saying, okay, this is where the football has to go, and we've talked about this. Derek Carr is going to do what the court, what the head coach asks of him. So if Josh McDaniels wants the ball to go to a specific, a specific receiver or a specific area, that's where he's going with the football. But Devontae Adams kind of had to say, look, you brought me here on this big contract to wing football games and to put up big numbers. Throw me the football even when there's double coverage. I got the football. And you're seeing that with him. You said contested catches. When you throw those 50-50 balls, even when there are two guys around him, he's still coming down the football. That's the type of guy you want on the field and you pay the big bucks. When you give up those triple, triple, I was going to say triple, but nine-digit extensions, <laughs> That's what you want out of a wide receiver, and the Raiders have that Devonta Adams, and this is why the Raiders are going to be a potent offense for years to come, as long as they keep the nucleus together. And a lot of people are going to throw tomatoes at me and say Derek Carr has to go. But if you're looking at Derek Carr Devonta Adams connection, it is clearly working. I don't think it the Raiders is. want to break that up. No, Anytime. and and we're going to save a Derek Carr conversation for later because I'm trying to have a Derek Carr free zone. <laughs> Uh, I had to do he, he played so he played bad. well against the Chargers. He's played well in these three games, too. And, and I'm much more in the belief set that you've been talking about a lot online mm -hmm. with people, which is he's coming back next year. I don't think there's any question. Mm -hmm. The Raiders, the Raiders uh, are starting to see the fruits of their labor. And if they can get better in certain mm -hmm. positions, they can be competitive real fast, which I didn't think they could be. You tried to convince me of that weeks ago and I didn't listen to you. Uh, so I'm here to tell you you were right. Uh, but also other things, too. You look at this team, Josh Jacobs, of course, having an incredible run, leads the NFL in yards. You start to look at this situation. You and I talked last week about uh, using the tag on him, perhaps at the end of the season, as a way to get some more time for this team uh, to, to perhaps sign him to a long-term contract. Here's my question, Mo. As great as he's doing, and again, this is not under appreciation for the season Josh Jacobs is having or for the talent or do, do I believe the guy should get as much as he possibly can? I do. But here's my question. If you tag him, I think it's about 12.3 as we sit today, uh, million next season if they were to do that. Um, the market could be set by Saquon Barkley. The market for uh, him and for Barkley could be 15 or 16 million. As good as he has been, would you pay 16 million for Josh Jacobs if that's what it takes to bring him back next year? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If I'm trading Darren Waller, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, 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 you have to have a balancing act here because Correct. I think you you you've already paid Waller. 
You've already paid Hunter Renfro an extension. Derek Carr got his extension. You're going to have to get some offensive linemen, multiple. Uh, you can't pay everybody. We say this on no. the show a lot, right? You need you rookie contracts. You, you, need rookie, you need a mix of rookie contracts and, and players making top dollar who are playing at a, at a premium. So if it, if it takes 15 to 16 million... I would I would clench my teeth at it, but I would have to say somebody's gonna have to restructure something. And I'd be like, hey, you guys, you, you guys want Josh Jacobs back? Somebody's gonna have to restructure their deal. Or, or you so deal Waller. Have, or you deal or you outright trade one of your players that are making a top dollar salary right now. Because yeah. now I don't want to speak too soon because we don't know what, what the cap is gonna be next year. The cap True. is gonna go up. Yeah. Uh, players, so players, so teams will have more money to play with. But as of right now, I'm saying, how could you let Josh Jacobs go after what he's been doing? Now, a lot of people, even I've said this, I was like, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be back. But considering what he's done over this season <laughs> and the way the Raiders' offense is operating with him in the backfield, exactly, you cannot let that go. Just say, oh yeah, we're done with you. There has to, there's going to be a conversation. But like I said, the missing link to all this is what does Josh Jacobs want? Because what if he doesn't want 15 to 16 million? What if he only wants 13 million? You know, it makes it a little easier to manage. But now I will say this, and I've said this to you and Evan Grow, our friend over at Just Pod Baby, that as a running back, what running back do you know gets a second big, gets a third big contract? Well, a second never. big contract after his rookie deal. It never happens. So right. Josh Jacobs. He's probably going to be looking to get, as kids would say, get the bag this off yeah. next offseason because he knows he's not going to get another shot at a big contract after this. So you're going to have to pay top dollar for Josh Jacobs, whether he takes a million off or two here or there. He's going to cost, but I think there's going to be a conversation. I don't think it's clear cut that he's gone as I thought it was this past offseason. Yeah, and I, and to be honest, I if, if I would trade Darren Waller tomorrow. If that meant keeping Josh Jacobs, I really would. And so I think the best thing that can happen, and I think this is what makes the Raiders nervous, Frank. I don't have any information on this. I'm just I'm just trying to be in the mind of Dave Ziegler, is that Darren Waller doesn't come back this year, right? And so his value stays kind of locked at where it's at. It's a potential value sort of thing. Whereas if he can come back, even if he played three or four games, meaning he misses another game like we think he will against the Rams, and he plays well, that's the perfect scenario for the Raiders because you then you get the value back where people thought it was and then you can deal him. I, I really think they need to move on just because i rather keep Josh Jacobs. He means more to the team. They do need to reboot at tight end. I mean, I think Foster Moreau is fine, but we've also seen Foster Moreau gets banged up a lot and uh, did so even on Sunday. Good player, but not the breakout tight end you want. So I think you have an opportunity to save the money there. But then you also have to go out and get offensive linemen. Yes, you can address that in the draft a little bit. I think now if they can keep Jerry Tillery and they can get him for the right price, Mo, um, and then draft another interior defensive lineman or go get one in the market that's good, uh, boy, this defense up front suddenly could have the makings of a very special unit. Definitely, and that's what Raider fans have been waiting for. I'm sure that's what Derek Carr has been waiting for. He hasn't had, I'm going to repeat this, he hasn't had a, de a scoring defense better than 20th his entire career. Yeah. Can you believe that? He hasn't had a defense well, ranked sure, just inside the top 20. just make excuses for him, you yeah, car stand. You know, yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm, I, I'm a car stand today making excuses, but 
Oh. I will say that you have a better football team if you have a better defense. I'm not saying Absolutely. Derek Carr is going to win a Super Bowl with a top 15 defense, but you, you're definitely going to have better results if your defense can carry offense when your offense is not at its best. So, yes, I believe with I, I think you're going to Raiders Dave Ziegler. If I'm Dave Ziegler, I'm investing a lot of draft and, and cap room capital into the defense. I know people are still buzzing about oh, we should get a quarterback early. I, I, I think when you look at the offense, the way it's operating, especially if you're going to keep Josh Jacobs – you pour a lot of money into that defense and you say, look, we're going to we're going to invest in that side of the ball and hope that we have a complimentary team where our offensive defense are both on equal level. And maybe you have a top 10 scoring offense and defense and it gives you a better chance to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. So we'll see what they do. And uh, but Josh Jacobs having just a special year. And of course, there's that side of me that's like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And then next year he'll come back and then he's injured after two games. No, I don't want that to happen. You know, knock on wood. I'm just saying <laughs> you sign guys to big contracts like they did this season, like Darren Waller, and suddenly uh, they're not available. And that's the worst case scenario. Hey, look, you could have a special year and never, you know, and never reach that level again, but still be a very good player and worth every cent. Uh, but what you want is just guys available. So we'll have to see what happens. All right, we're up against time now. That means the show is time to close out. Uh, Mo, we're going to be back um, on Wednesday, Thursday. So Thursday, of course, the game Thursday. So we're going to have a live postgame show. And Mo will be on the postgame show with Murph and I. For the first time in weeks, I'll be back on the post-game show. You get to see this face after a Raider win or loss or tie. We're hoping it's a win. Yes. But I'll be there with Murphy and Scott after this, after the game. Yeah, and we will on Wednesday. We still haven't decided what we're going to do. We usually do our mailbag show, but what we may do because of the weird week and the and the timing. We may do a combination show. We may do a show where either on Wednesday or Thursday morning, so you have something to listen to before uh, the game on Thursday, so you'll listen to us twice in one day. Oh, who could have thought? Um, we may do like a preview show along with some mail. So stay tuned on that one, Wednesday or Thursday, and then, of course, Thursday night after the game. Mo, my man, it's so great to have you back still uh, after a couple weeks off and you back now for a couple of weeks. I think people are excited. Uh, people are, are not screaming at you yet. There has been no date offers yet. I think that's because, you know, you were getting better. I want, they, want, they want a fully healthy and robust young buck ready to go before they start inviting you out again. I'm still recovering, so uh, I'm, I'm about ninety. I'm about ninety-five percent. So let, let's let's oh. let's tamper down on the offers. I, I still yeah. need a week before I'm one hundred percent, but I'm I'm just about there. If I was on an injury report, I would be probable right now. Probable. All right. Now, it, are you not wearing the Brooklyn hat because you're tired of people not understanding that it's just a Brooklyn hat? Here's the story with the hat. Right. Whenever I don't get a fade, I wear. A hat. Yeah, you wear a hat. Okay. Uh, if 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 I can't get to the barbershop or if I can't get my my you know my low fade for some for some reason, then I throw on the Brooklyn hat, not the Brooklyn Nets hat that people yeah. think it is, but the Brooklyn hat. And I was able to get a fade last week, so no one has to ask me, are you repping the Brooklyn Nets when you're a Knicks fan? <laughs> no, I am not. I am just repping my borough. That's it. Not a I basketball team, not a sports team, just where I live. I just want the natural back. I want your big. I want. I want. I just. I want you to like. I want you to have to zoom out so because your hair has gotten big enough. No, Never you won't happen. do that for me. That's not you. Never gonna happen. 
Never gonna happen. <laughs> maybe I'll get the Mac Collins and I'll get some corn rolls. Maybe oh, by the time, there you go. Maybe maybe in the summertime I'll just I'll just pop up on the show with some corn rolls just to throw people. You, you know what's amazing to me in the NFL? It, it really is a, a trend over the last I'd say maybe five years, and I'm trying to think who started it. Maybe it was one of the guys in Seattle. But the the dreads, man, they're like everywhere now. Der- I mean, you've seen Derrick Henry's, whatever that is. It's kind of like one big dreadlock. Um, but the dreads, like when I was younger, going back to the 80s or 90s, like when I lived in Southern California, right, the beach, we had a lot of folks into the Rastafarian culture and all that stuff. So you saw them everywhere, including white dudes, right, which still looks weird to me. But anyway, um, they had them. Now in the NFL, how many guys have dreads or braids? They're like huge. And they're sticking out, and people can, and they can get grabbed. Like it's part of the uniform, technically. You know what I think? This here, here's my theory about it. I, I think guys are just, you know, it's I won't say it's work to get to the barbershop, but especially if you're a player <laughs> who's going from roster to roster, you go to a new city, you got to find a new barber. Yeah, and true. I, I know this. There's a trust factor. Like you oh, go to yeah. a barber, you want to go to the same barber all the time. You don't want to yes. have to go to 15 different barbers. You want to go to the same person. So. That that kind of eliminates that where you just have the same person do your hair, and that's it. It's done. In fact, I no, I 100% agree. You find your person, and you go. If it's a guy, gal, whoever it is, right? For me, too, I have a guy here, right, in Cincinnati. And then my son, who's in school in Las Vegas at UNLV, he will not get his haircut except for the guy here. So he'll go. <laughs> like, he just came in for Thanksgiving, and he hadn't had his haircut in five months. Because he won't let anybody else cut it. And he got off the plane. I'm like, holy crap, you look like you uh, just woke up sleeping on the street. But again, there you go. <laughs> Trust factor. You got, hey, you, you, you find somebody who knows exactly how to dial in the hair you want, and you go to them. So that's a good, that's a good call. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're growing it out. Uh, but of course, it also is fashion, right? Fashion. Everybody's got their styles going around, and people adopt them very quickly. All right. Our style is to leave right now. So we're going to do that (laughs) and we will be back on Thursday or Wednesday. We'll decide, but you're going to get two more shows out of us this week. At least make sure you tune in uh, on those days. And also Thursdays, just go like our page on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Also check us out, Twitter SNB today. We'll update you there on show times and when we're coming along, make sure you follow Mo, read his stuff up on Bleacher Report. And of course on sportsnot.com. M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. That's Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully on Twitter. We appreciate it. Mo, my friend, we'll talk to you next time. Also, if you're still celebrating a Raider victory, have some barbecue chicken in Keenan Allen's honor. <laughs> if you don't know that reference, please put it, poke oh. it into Twitter, put it into Google. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Have some barbecue chicken just for Keenan Allen. There were some great memes on the internet the past few days with somebody had barbecue chicken on a grill and then they they photoshopped his face, Keenan Allen's face on every piece of chicken. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was good. That was good time. All right, brother, take care. All right, we're gonna step. We're gonna say goodbye. Step aside. We're gonna say goodbye for this show. We appreciate you guys being there. Thank you for subscribing. For our producer David Stepani and for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take care. Have a great week, everybody.